Good evening. Welcome to Wednesday Evening Chapel. Uh, we are being transformed. Okay, I need you to look at the person next to you and tell them that's so. I know that's always a hope statement, but that's what we've got, right? That's, and that's where, that's where we're headed. Um, the, the speaker of the evening is Pastor Ronnie Wilson, pastor of Gathering Stones Community Falcon. Did I get all that right? Okay. Um, out in Falcon, Colorado. Uh, he's also uh, adjunct professor of theology here. I need to see the hands of the folks who have had him in theology class. Okay. All right. Okay, you have more friends than enemies here than it looks like. Okay, glad you're here. Thanks for looking forward to your ministry. We want to sing a couple of songs that will help us focus on Christ and the work that he's done for us and for what he has in mind for us. So stand and let's sing together in Christ alone. Let's offer our prayers to the Lord. Father, it is good to gather together and to worship you. And Father, today we do offer you our very lives as a living sacrifice. And Father, we pray that you would truly transform us into your likeness. That Father, in these moments as we've gathered together to sing your praise, to worship you, and Lord, to hear your word for us, Lord, we do ask that you would encourage our hearts, but we also ask that you would challenge our hearts. And Father, might we be ready to hear your word for us this evening. Change our hearts, change our lives. In Jesus' name we pray these things together and everyone said, Amen. Amen. You may be seated. Well, it is good to be here um, and to worship the Lord like this. Uh, it's this very place, this very room where I was here with some that are in this room uh, for a New Start Church assessment very first time I stepped into this place and I was here seeking God's calling in my life once again asking God to affirm what God was doing in my life asking that I would have the courage to be faithful to follow with whatever it was that God asked me to do and uh, I was in this very place so this place for me is truly holy ground it is a place where God spoke to the depths of my heart and uh, for my wife as well and we left this place uh, knowing in our heart that God had called us once again. His continued calling, reaching out uh, to us and inviting us to join God in God's mission uh, in God's church. And so this is a special place for me. And as I look around, I imagine that it's probably true for many of us here as well. Uh, because each and every one of us have answered God's call. We're pursuing God's call. We're seeking what it is that God would have us to do, who God wants us to be. And it could be very well that this very room is a place for you, like it is for me, a holy place. Uh, or the campus, or maybe the class that you just came from. A reminder of God's calling in our life and what God wants to do in our hearts in changing and transforming us. So what a beautiful time it is to gather and to worship God and to thank God for his calling in our life that is truly transformative. It truly shapes us and it motivates us, it moves us, and it calls us continually to be transformed in Christ-likeness and to share that good news with others. Well, it's 13 days into the new year, which can only mean one thing. Uh, we're having difficulty with our New Year's resolutions by now, right? Many of us probably are. And uh, I gotta tell you though, there's some encouragement. I did find this quote from uh, C.S. Lewis, it says this, 
Try as hard as you can to be as good as you can for six weeks. Try to be perfect. Practice every virtue. Try really hard. You can almost deceive yourself for one week, but not for six. Only then you will discover how truly bad you are. Well, <laughs> thank you for that encouragement, Mr. C.S. Lewis. But the truth of the matter is, you know, that uh, it is discouraging. When we resolve to do something in our lives, when we set out to do something important, when we uh, dedicate our lives and our interests to go out and do something special, and when it doesn't work out, there is some disappointment. Now in our culture, it's almost expected, right? Uh, New Year's resolutions, well, it didn't work out this year, but there's always next year, whatever it might be. But there are things in our lives that we might resolve to do, that we set out, we make the very best plans and preparation that we can to get out and do that thing and to make our lives better, to make the world a better place, whatever it might be. And sometimes it doesn't always work out. And if it's something that really is connected to who we are, our identity can really be damaged by those kinds of things. Now it didn't take me long to realize that the best made plans, even in ministry, don't always work out the way that you hoped that they would. In fact, it was my very first ministry position. I just graduated college and uh, went out to take my first full-time ministry position at a church where Don Stelting actually dedicated the sanctuary there and had a fruitful ministry. We weren't there at the same time. But I was so excited to be at this place, to finally get my feet on the ground, to get involved in ministry. Now, I had been in ministry while I was in college, uh, doing some internships and stuff like that. But this was my chance, you know. This is what God had called me to do. And I was excited about the task. And in fact, I was the first youth pastor hired at this church. So I really wanted to make an impression. I wanted to do something special, you know. I really wanted to make an impact. I wanted to impress people. You know, I wanted to impress the Lord, that kind of thing. And so I showed up. And I had my very first ever leadership meeting with many of the volunteers who helped with the youth, some of the concerned parents, some of the youth themselves. And, and I sat down at the table and I shared my heart. And I said, you know, I really want to make an impact here. I really want to be a good shepherd for the sheep that the Lord has entrusted to this church and ministry. But I said, beyond that, I have a missional heart. It's just part of my DNA. It's how I'm made. And I want to make sure that if we are here doing ministry, that the community is aware of that. That they know that there's a church here that really cares about them. That really wants to join them and, and, and make a difference. And so uh, I shared that passion and I began to listen to the passions of those who sat around that table that, uh, also. And I said, you know, this is your community. I'm I'm a, I'm a guest here. I'm a visitor. I just moved here, and I really don't know the community, but, but tell me where you see God moving. What is God doing that we can join God in his mission for, for this community? And I began to listen to their hearts, and some great ideas came out, and we began to kind of form and shape a ministry plan for how we were going to proceed in ministry there. And one gentleman said, you know, I, I know a way that possibly we could be involved in making an impact in the community. He said, uh, every church, you know, a lot of the churches here in the community, we, we do this thing called a feeding frenzy, where we feed the football team before a home game. And, and I said, man, that sounds great, because I'm a huge football fan. Ask my students on Monday nights during class. Sometimes I cry, you know, because there is a game on at home somewhere. And, uh, and so I'm a big football fan, and that resonated with me. And I said, you know, what a great opportunity. So many students that are involved on this football team and coaches and that kind of thing. And this guy said, the coach of the football team, one high school in this community, he actually attends this church. And I'll ask him if it's possible that we could be involved in this. 
practice. So uh, meeting ended and, and he went and he asked the guy, the coach, and the coach said, sure. He said, in fact, not only can you do this, but we do not have anything scheduled for our very first home game. So he came back and through told him we were going to do it before he even talked to us, but he knew our heart. And he said, guess what? We're in. We can do this thing. I said, this is fantastic. So we got the group back together and we began to plan what this might look like. And so I asked him, I said, do you know what these typically are about? And he said, well, yeah, I've been to one. He said, here's what happens. Uh, buses pull up to the church, you know, the students get off, they come in, say a little prayer, and they eat. And then they get back on the bus and they go. You know, and I'm like, well, that sounds like fun. You know. <laughs> I said, what if we do something special with this, you know? What if we kind of create a, a pep rally type environment, you know? Really pump these guys up. Let them know that we appreciate them, that we're there for them. And everybody got excited about that, you know? And so ideas just started flying. People were like, you know, what we could do, we could decorate the tables in the school colors, you know? We could put little posters around the church, you know, go Wildcats and that kind of thing. It's like, this is great. And uh, then we, somebody said, you know, I've got this sports bloopers video. It's just funny. We could have that going when the guys come in, you know. I'm like, that sounds good, too. They said, you know, we've got this jock jams, you know, music that we can just kind of get the place pumping, you know, get them excited. And I was like, this is all just fantastic. This is wonderful. And all of a sudden, I'm thinking, they think I'm a genius, you know. Uh, I'm, I'm just getting here, you know. I haven't done anything yet. And this is just kind of coming together. And then finally I said, you know, this is all looking great. But the one thing we need to know is uh, what are we going to serve them? You know, that's about the meal, right? And the guy who initiated the conversation with the coach, he said, Pastor Ronnie, I've, I've got this worked out. And I said, you know, I really kind of need to know what it is, you know, because if we're talking about hot dogs, you know, made at the church, you know how that works out. We're potluck, you know. And uh, so, so I said, well, what do you have in mind? He said, he said, this isn't an issue. He said, Ronnie, I know you're new here, but there is a place called Head Country, uh, best barbecue place in the world, and it is. And he said, uh, here's what I have in mind. I'm going to take care of the food. I'm going to pay for it. And I said, well, what do you want to do? He said, barbecue, beef, brisket. And I said, Mark, you just said my three favorite words all in a row. This sounds fantastic. The guys are going to love this, you know. And so we had planned and prepared, and we worked really hard. And the day finally came, and the buses pulled up, and the guys got off the bus, and they came in, you know, to our Fellowship Hall gym area. And as soon as they walked in, I mean, you know, the atmosphere was kind of lively. They were enjoying the, the bloopers that were on, the music. They were smiling. They were laughing. They were talking to each other. And I could just see the faces of all of our youth workers, you know, and the volunteers who came as part of the church. They were excited. I mean, we just hit a home run here. This was a good thing. Everybody was really jazzed and feeling good. And, uh, and so I got up to do the prayer, you know, and I just said, hey, I'm, I'm Ronnie Wilson. I'm the new youth pastor here, and uh, we're so glad you guys are here, you know, and I just want to pray that God will bless the food. And so I just prayed a prayer, and uh, after I prayed, you know, we had this all worked out. You know, I'm a little dramatic sometimes. And I stood there and I said, guys, are you ready to eat? And they're like, yeah, you know. They're football players. They're always ready to eat. And I just kind of did one of these, you know, like that. And our youth workers came around through the gym, and they had, like, platters with the barbecue beef brisket. You know, it's like, be our guest, be our, you know. And, and they're walking around, and they're serving it up, you know. And the guys, I mean, the aroma was just amazing. You know, meat, football players, they were just so excited. And they're throwing food down. They just can't believe it. It's like Christmas. Their eyes are this big. And, uh, and I'm looking at our adults again, you know, and they're just like, this is perfect. Now, we had worked out that after, you know, they had had some time to eat, 
that I was going to get up and kind of do a pep rally-esque type, you know, message. I wanted to give them a gospel message, but I wanted them to know that we were there for them, that uh, we, you know, we'd be in the 40-yard line on the home side. That's where the church kind of congregated on game day, you know. And I wanted them to know that we were there, that we stood with them, that we were there for them. And uh, so I gave them that kind of a message. And then at the very end, I told, you know, everybody to be prepared for this because I was really going to get them fired up. So the time had come, and, uh, and I was like, guys, are you ready to win your first football game, you know, one of those kind of things. And uh, this was kind of the response. They were all just, <laughs> all just kind of looking at me. And I'm like, well, you know, uh, they're football players. And uh, they had a big meal. And, uh, you know, I, I can understand. Maybe they just didn't get it. And this is different than any feeding frenzy they've ever been a part of. So I can understand. So maybe you didn't hear me, guys. So are you ready, you know, even more dramatic this time, to win your first game, you know? And they all just look at me like this. And so the guy's sitting up here in the front. And I was like, Dude, you gotta help me out, you know. <laughs> What's going on? He said, uh, we, we played our first game, it was an away game, we lost. I was like, oh. <laughs> Note to self, don't be stupid. Uh, okay, so, so I said, let's try this thing again, you know, and I was like, guys, are you ready to win your first home game? And the place erupts, you know. I mean, chairs are flying. Everybody's pumped up and excited. Then we had a dramatic ending planned. You know those run-throughs? you ever seen those at a football game where they have the two big poles and, like, paper it says go team or something? And when they introduce the team, they run and break it, and everybody goes wild, you know? Well, some of the teens thought it would be a cool idea to create one of those. And I was like, yeah, sounds great. And so they made this thing. Now, in the gym, and Dr. Stelting would be familiar with this, there's a couple set of double doors. There's one set of doors that I would call the ideal doors because these doors lead straight down a hall and into the parking lot where the buses were. And then there's another set of doors kind of over here. And this set of doors leads basically to a wall and then a little jog and then out down that same hall. Well, we had never done this before, and uh, nobody knew what to expect. And uh, so the students, they were so proud of their beautiful run-through, uh, they set it up at, let's call them the less ideal doors. <laughs> and, uh, and I had them fired up. I mean, I really did. I had them pumped up. They just had a great meal. You know, they were so excited. And I just had them pumped up to go and win that first game after sticking my foot in my mouth a couple of times, you know. And I just had them pumped up. And I said, guys, go out there and win that game. And uh, I think there's linemen that were in the front of the line. Uh, not sure if that was a good idea. And, uh, and they took off. I mean, fast. And in a fraction of a second, uh, if that, every smile in the room went to something other than a smile. And I heard a very loud noise, and there was a pile of humanity. <laughs> and I looked over at the coach, you know, and he's just like, you know, like this. And uh, now, it is funny. It took me 12 years to realize it was funny. Uh, but it, it is funny. And, uh, and so the guys, I'm standing there. I'm trying to pick up our youth workers who were so discouraged, you know. And, and we're watching the guys hobbling out to the bus, you know. And, uh, and they went on their way. And I got to tell you, it was, it was tough. I mean, it really was tough. We were cleaning up. And I was trying to encourage everybody. They did a good job. But we knew. I mean, we took it up to here to there, you know, in no time at all. And, uh, and I went home, you know, after the game that night. They lost. Uh, they lost a lot of games. <laughs> I mean, they didn't have a line. And, 
<laughs> and so I went home and I was discouraged. I mean, I really was. In fact, I was so discouraged because I felt like this is my first ministry position ever. And this is a church that never had a youth pastor. And I blew it. I mean, I blew it big time. I mean, as bad as it could be blown, I blew it. And I felt like I failed the church. I felt like I failed all those volunteers that spent so much time and energy and effort to try to make this a success. And honestly, I felt like I failed God. And I questioned, for the first time in my life, my calling. Now, I know that sounds a little ridiculous, you know, but it's true. And there have been moments in my life where things like that have happened because of discouragement, you know, just wondering, am I really up for the task that God has called me to? Uh, am I able to really make this thing happen? A few weeks ago, one of the lectionary texts that I was able to bring to our church was a text that God guided me to uh, right during that moment when I was really feeling down and just one of those things where I just opened God's word, God just say something to me. And this is from the message. It reads like this from Ephesians 1, 11 through 14. It is in Christ that we find out who we are and what we are living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living. Part of the overall purpose, he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signal from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us, a praising and glorious life. The word of the Lord. Well, it was uh, several weeks after what had become known as the feeding frenzy fiasco. And uh, I was kind of life back to normal. It was a Wednesday night. I was speaking some gospel message to the students in our youth room. Don't really remember a whole lot about what was said, but there was something that happened that night that I'll never forget because God spoke to me, much like he did in this very room. And uh, I was speaking, and a young man came in the back of the room and sat in the back, and as I was speaking, I just kind of noticed, just sensed that maybe the Holy Spirit was speaking to him, just the way he was kind of acting, his demeanor. And I felt impressed when I finished the message to give a prayer and ask that God would give meaning and purpose in our lives. The truth is, I needed that prayer too that night. But I prayed that prayer, and I noticed that this young man just had his face buried in his hands, and he was kind of crying. And, uh, and the students afterwards, I'm not sure they noticed him. He wasn't, you know, real approachable just with his demeanor, uh, his posture. And so they were kind of talking to each other, you know, afterwards. And, and I went back and I sat down. And uh, I said, hi, I'm uh, Pastor Ronnie. He said, I know. And he looked me in the eye and said, I, I was at the feeding frenzy. And I'm thinking, oh, no. <laughs> I was just trying to make up excuses. I'm thinking in my head, you know, do I, I'll just tell him I'm stupid, you know, and that'll solve the whole thing. Uh, but he started to weep. And he said, I used to come to this church when I was a child. He said, my mom used to bring me before she died. And he uh, said, my name is Anthony. And he said, I started sensing uh, not too long ago that I was missing something, that I was missing God in my life because I'd not only stopped going to church, but with my mom passing away, I, I just kind of stopped believing, listening, seeking God. And uh, we had a great conversation. And I prayed that day with Anthony and asked the Lord to be real in his life. And he joined the life of God that night in the back of the room. Yeah, that's right. Praise God for that. And it was in that moment 
that God reminded me of who I am and what I'm living for. Uh, for no explanation at all. I, I don't know how. I was asked to be the chaplain of this football team. I guess they were glutton for pain. I don't know. And, uh, and I found myself after games down in the locker room uh, encouraging players. They, they didn't win very many games. They had a tough year. And, uh, and Anthony, very talented ball player, um, he thought about quitting multiple times. And we would prayed together. Now, Anthony did get back into the life of the church. People recognized him. They remembered him from the time he was a kid, uh, knew the situation with his mom passing away. And they embraced him. It was not just a support structure, but these people really loved him and got into his life. And, um, and not only did he graduate high school, but because of the body of Christ, a family of God that he discovered, he went down to Stillwater, Oklahoma, and he tried out, and he found himself walking on to Division I football in the Big 12. Uh, praise God. Uh, God is so good to us. It's in Christ's empowering calling that we truly find our identity. And God's purpose is for us to enjoy a praising and glorious life. Well, what does that mean for us at NBC, for the NBC family? Uh, one thing I've discovered uh, as adjunct here is that NBC students and adjunct profs are similar in some ways. Uh, we wear multiple hats. We have multiple responsibilities. Outside of just continued education, we have multiple responsibilities, things that we do. And the truth is, if we're not careful, we run the risk of finding our identity forgotten, uh, lost, and even damaged. But the good news of God's word for us today is that God's redeeming calling in our life is truly that. It is redeeming and it is sanctifying. And that is the basis for this joyful, praising, and glorious life that God has in store for each and every one of us. It's his purpose. There will be times in ministry and in life when things don't go exactly as we plan. But if we discover our identity in Christ Jesus our Lord, we can discover a praising and glorious, sanctified life. Listen again to God's word. It's in Christ that we find out who we are and what we're living for. Long before we first heard of Christ and got our hopes up, he had his eye on us, had designs on us for glorious living, part of the overall purpose he is working out in everything and everyone. It's in Christ that you, once you heard the truth and believed it, this message of your salvation, found yourselves home free, signed, sealed, and delivered by the Holy Spirit. This signal from God is the first installment on what's coming, a reminder that we'll get everything God has planned for us a praising and glorious life. go and never 
ever forget who we are and what we're living for. Father, would you go with us now back into our place of study and preparation. And Father, would you help us as we surrender all that we are to you, that we might truly be the people that you have called us to be. Lord, would your redeeming, sanctifying calling reach out to us, that we might live a praising and glorious life. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. May the peace of the Lord go with you. Thank you.